Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on this episode, we will be reviewing 42 from Series 3, 2007, starring David Tennant and Freema Agaman. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me back on this podcast this week, Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I hope you are the same. I am the same. The only thing that I don't like about this week, <laughs> I was in Birmingham in yeah. Homewood for two nights, and I mm-hmm. did not get to see you. Yeah. Yeah, I was just over the mountain in, uh, in Birmingham during all this time. But, yeah, but you and I have both been on the road a lot. I'm in town to get started my annual festival of 10-minute plays, or rather Theater UAB's festival of 10-minute plays that I produce, so... So yeah, we, we just we just couldn't make the you just couldn't make ten schedules. minutes for me, right? Exactly, yeah. Cool. Ten minutes for good drama. <laughs> no, have we ever had a conversation that only lasted ten minutes? No, that is true. So maybe you know, time literally was not on our side. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> that's right. Glad to be back on with you, and it would not be discussing who if I couldn't also welcome back Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, what's going on? Not much, man. Uh, glad to be back on another episode, dude. Glad to be back. And unlike Mr. Shackelford, while I was not in Birmingham with you, I was for several days in Pensacola, Florida with you over the last time we recorded. Yeah, we're in Pensacola, Florida for Pensacon 2019. And it was a ton of fun. Got to see a lot of good guests and a lot of good cosplayers you normally do at cons. And yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. What about you, man? I think I very much enjoyed it. We had our friend West Hubbard join us on Friday afternoon for a Doctor Who Series 11 chat. And according to West, the turnout that we had for our 1.30 p.m. panel on Friday was a pretty good number considering it was 1.30 p.m. on Friday, the first day of the con. Yeah, very surprising to have a packed room. And, you know, it was good to see people come out and celebrate some who. Absolutely. And if anyone is listening and you are new to the show from Pensacon, please be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you are using Apple Podcast, or if you're listening to the show and you're a longtime listener and you use Apple Podcast, if you would go to Apple Podcast and leave us a review, you know, Five stars would be fantastic, as the doctor would say. But uh, leave us a review because that helps us get discovered with the Apple algorithm. So please head on over there. Give us a review because we would definitely appreciate it. So, guys, any news from, that you guys know of for Doctor Who? There, There is a... Um a rumor, I think I should say, that next year Doctor Who will move back to Saturday. Mm. That's the only thing interesting that's uh, come down the pike today. Unless you count Olivia Coleman winning an Oscar. Yes, I was going to say, say Patient uh, Zero had won an Oscar. So Yes, um, which which ties into my trivia question from a couple of weeks ago. But uh, <laughs> so. so speaking of trivia, yeah. mm. but, uh, why don't we go ahead and give the a question that you ask, and we didn't give it last week because obviously you weren't with us last episode. Well, but we wanted to give people a chance to respond. And good point. What is the question? And more importantly, what's the answer? I, I think that uh, if we're trying to institute uh, a, a time in this show where we'll have trivia questions, maybe we'll start off with some that aren't so confoundingly hard. 
I was asking about Academy Award nominees in some of the big categories like Best Actor, Best Actress. Um, and this was brought to my mind because we were watching uh, Daleks in Manhattan and um, Evolution of Daleks in which Andrew Garfield was a young co-star. And, of course, years later, he would be nominated for uh, Academy Award for Hacksaw Ridge. Later in the year, we'll meet Sally Sparrow in Blink – Spoilers. And that's Carrie Mulligan, who was also an Oscar nominee. And I'm now drawing a blank on the name of the film that she was nominated for. But look it up anyway. But yeah, the the answer is the other one is Carrie Mulligan. And interestingly enough, Carrie Mulligan and Andrew Garfield are both in a very fine science fiction film called Never Let Me Go. Hmm. Coincidence. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway. <laughs> well, I want to... Go and talk real quick, really, really quickly about the Sunday, Saturday. Do either of you have a specific date that you would rather see Doctor Who? And Clarence, I'll, I'll point that to you first. Do you have a specific date or day of the week? Yeah, they, I think Saturday is better generally. Um, Sunday is already so crowded. And when you have it on a Sunday, you're just trying to compete with so many eyeballs. And I think... Maybe they can own Saturday rather than sharing Sunday. So I think the move to Saturday would be better. Mm. Lee, what about you? What do you think? I watch it um, through other means, so I really couldn't care less. I'm usually watching <laughs> it on really. I'm usually watching it on Monday, or you know, sometimes sometimes racing to watch an episode on Tuesday before we talk about it Tuesday night. I will go kind of. As I usually do on the show, I go somewhere in the middle between the two of you. I'm going to say Saturday. Yes, I also watch it by other means, too. But I like Saturday because that gives me more time to get ready to make all of my notes and getting everything together because coming on Sunday night means I get it, you know, Monday morning, which means I need to watch and record you know, are my thoughts or whatever on Monday. Well, if I have something else to record Monday night, that kind of conflicts and I'm trying to do two things at once. And yeah, Saturday, it needs to go back to Saturday. That's just my preference. Kyle, won't you tell the truth, man? You're really watching Walking Dead on Sunday and Monday you actually watch Doctor Who. Well, <laughs> now actually this, this, uh, this series I did start i would watch doctor who but i would watch it late enough to where i could cut out the fast forward through commercials and likewise by the time i finished doctor who i could start walking dead and have what been delayed enough time that i could you know fast forward through commercials so it, it was almost the best of both worlds kind of for for a little bit maybe ah. before we started recording i mentioned that I had gone back today while driving and listened to our very first episode. For anyone listening, I will also preface by saying, minus some audio difficulties I had with my voice, as well as my extremely poor editing skills at that point three years ago, what was interesting about listening to that episode, we specifically mentioned 42 as we were talking. And the reason for that was we had just found out when we started this podcast that Chibnall had been named as the new showrunner. And and Lee, you praised Chibnall saying 
you were excited about his writing. You loved his writing style and you watched the first series of Broad Church in one setting. So I just found mm, that that was right. really interesting yeah. that we even were talking about 42 way back in our first episode. How about that? Way back then. Before we get into the actual story, I do want to share one other piece of kind of news or correction from our very own Doctor Who encyclopedia. Our friend Dave Cooper actually gives me a correction to something that I said. I mentioned last week that the end of time part one was the first thing in HD. It was actually the episode that was two episodes, I believe, before that. It was one of the many movie episodes of 2009, and it was the planet of the dead. So, as always, thank you, Dave Cooper. Interesting. All right. So, guys, any other news items that you'd like to mention before I have one other thing, but before <laughs> we move on, anything you guys want to mention? Nothing comes to mind, Doctor Who-wise. Not at all. All right. Well, I will say that Clarence and I had the opportunity while at Pensacon to see Catherine Tate, Donna Noble, and that was absolutely one million and one percent fantastic. So... Yeah, yeah. What I what I find about most of these celebrities, with the exception of the Battlestar Galactica panel, most of them don't like to talk about what they're doing um, as far as, you know, TV wise. And she even makes the comment that she's never seen an episode of Doctor Who, which just makes my heart hurt a little bit. But <laughs> she was entertaining nonetheless. Nonetheless. Yeah. You know, and and it's hard for me to rem- remember that. These people aren't Donna Noble. They're not River Song. They're not Missy. They're not, you know, fill in the blank. They're not, uh, you know, uh, you know, William Shatner is not, uh, you know, the captain from the Enterprise, whatever his name was. I, I, I know him as Denny Crane more than I know him as, uh, whatever his name was. What was his name? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not in my Star Trek mode. I'm in my Dr. Hyperius Kirk. Okay. Thank you. Keep going. Go on. (laughs) But you get my point. They're not those people. Yes. Cool. Lee's probably like brain dead over there hearing me not know Kirk's name. I died. Okay. That's what I thought. (laughs) But you know what? Who's not going to die, hopefully, is the cast of the characters in the review of 42 or in our review of 42. So if you have not seen 42, put us on pause. Go watch the episode because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 And we are back. The spoiler warning has gone out, and we are here to review 42. It is the seventh episode of the third series of the British science fiction program that we all know as Doctor Who. It was first broadcast on BBC One on the 19th of May, 2007. Curious Mr. Lee Shackelford. What did you think, summary view of this episode? Uh, This is one of those episodes that I haven't watched in a long time um, because I remembered it as not being uh, very remarkable. There wasn't much that I cared to, you know, go back and look at again. And um, as with 
others like that, I was pleasantly surprised. There's a, a lot that's very interesting in this episode and a lot of fun. And um, so I, I really enjoyed it this time. Okay. Clarence, what about you? Um, after picking this episode back up and starting to watch, at first, I thought it was going to be a bit of a train wreck. Um, <laughs> but it manages by the end to take me through a myriad of emotion. And by the end, I was I was freaking loving it. So I, I enjoyed this episode very much. Okay, so for me, Clarence, you've heard me talk recently, and you know that I hate, and I very rarely use this word, but I will use it for this one. I hate timers. I hate being on a timer. I hate being timed. I It just makes my brain just kind of like melt with timers. I don't like timers. So the, I started with anxiety with this episode, knowing that there was a timer and it was counting down, and that just gives me the eebie-jeebies. So for that, it really you know, like spark something in my head. So that made me enjoy this episode more, I think, than I did from the very beginning of watching it the first time. It is an episode that I will also say like I did with the last episode. It's one that I've not seen since probably 2010. That being said, Lee, I will say what you said. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I was. Yeah, well, you talk about the time and how you don't like the timer. Um, you know, to me, that wasn't even the largest um, thing that brought the most tension to me. I think I was the most tension that I had in this episode was over the possibility of lo- losing Martha, which I guess very naive of me to think that she might die. But I even remember, remember from watching this episode the first time that I was really upset that she might die because I was like, you know, it's impossible to to get out of this situation. But the doctor does what the doctor do. And of course, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, I know I, I, I enjoyed it, man. I really love this episode. Cool. So let's start from the very beginning. We see the doctor and Martha traveling and he activates on what I think was a Motorola Razor was the name of that particular uh, phone that she had. And he activated the universal roaming feature, which I thought was really kind of interesting that it was actually named universal roaming. That just was kind of interesting to me. So, Lee, I have a question, and I think you are probably the best person to answer this one. 42, the name of this episode, the name or the number of minutes that we're counting down, that exceeds and goes far beyond just your normal sci-fi episode. Would you like to explore what 42 means to sci-fi on a larger scale? Yeah, to anybody who hasn't already jumped to it, I I can only imagine that, <clears throat> apart from the fact that I think it really is 42 minutes of real time from the first time that the clock says 42 minutes left, but um, it could have been anything. It didn't have to do it in real time. Chris Chibnall has chosen the number 42 to sort of get people's attention <laughs> who are fans of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where in which 42 is revealed to be the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. And Douglas Adams, uh, of course, was a huge influence on Doctor, oh, classic Doctor Who and continues to be to this day. But he, and in fact, he was the, the, uh, the story editor 
for um, uh, at least one season of uh, Tom Baker's time. So, uh, yeah. So there's there's hitchhiker references throughout the series always. This is just uh, yet another one. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that maybe uh, we think the, think of these 42 minutes, which I think the episode should have been called. But, you know, as you mm. just mentioned, the obvious references, I, I do like how we're kind of in it with them for the in duration of this episode is it's like it, it, it's an artificial sense of of investment that you have of this you know like you say it could have been any time frame but you know possibly living out these 43 minutes 42 minutes with them i really like that in this episode and cal i also wanted to mention um you talked about the universal roaming but to me this episode is the episode in which martha really becomes a companion uh, he calls it free, frequent flyer privileges. Mm-hmm. And uh, in addition to what he gives her at the end of this episode, I just feel like this episode is the one where she is re- not not just um, along with them for the for a few rides. She's finally part of the team in this episode. Mm, officially. Very, very good. And I will take it one step further and we will see this grow throughout the remainder of this series this is also the episode where Martha starts the I believe in the doctor mm-hmm. and believing in the doctor is fundamental for this series or for this season or series, I think, as we choose to call it. But but this is the first time where I think regardless if she felt that before, this is the first time we reference her belief in the doctor. And I don't mean that she believes that he's there i mean believing in the things that the doctor can accomplish mm-hmm. yeah and, and looking back from our point of view looking back across this season we know how fundamental that's going to be in the the last two episodes of the uh the season but uh yeah i think you're right she's evidence she's she's shown the behavior before but this is the first time she uses the words agreed yeah i would like to take us back and look at this from a broader sense for a minute, because I mentioned for a very specific reason what I did a few minutes ago regarding Chibnall and us mentioning in our first episode Chibnall's writing and Chibnall taking over Doctor Who. This is his first Doctor Who story. Comparing a little bit with what we've seen in Series 11, do series 11 episodes feel different or do we feel different with this episode or they feel the same or is there really nothing to be felt? What do you, what do you guys think? Hmm. I, I feel they, I think they feel different. I mean, speaking specifically of this episode, uh, it, to me, the, the tone of this one just feels more in line and rightfully, rightfully so it feels more in line of what we've seen so far in, in these first three seasons, it's in that same vein, whereas the current season strikes a different tone. So I, I do think it feels different. What about you, Lee? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's very different, too, that you're 
it's almost like we're seeing the fantastic growth of a very talented writer because I admire his work on Broadchurch so very much. And that's why I was excited about him coming to Doctor Who, not any of his previous Doctor Who work. This episode is almost like one of the exercises I would give my students in, in my screenwriting classes. It's, um, it's almost a, well, it is a trope to get people in a situation where they're trapped and then have a ticking bomb. And the only way that they can get out is to work together. Mm. You know, it, that has been done so many times. And even the, the convention of having the, bo- the clock tick down in real time during the episode, that's also been done over and over again. So it's like Chibnall has been given the assignment and he, he goes to strengths. He knows that if, it's, if he writes a story that's about uh, people being trapped in a hopeless situation and that they've got to get out in X number of minutes, you know, he, he knows that's going to work. So it's, um, it, it's kind of like he's got his training wheels on here and it's, uh, you know, and, and it works. Um, even if we have to pretend for a minute, like crashing into the sun is something that would happen at a precise time. I mean, if you know, <laughs> if you know anything about, right, think about it, you know, for a minute. I mean, once they, they said their heat shields have failed, will they be vaporized? Yes. Anyway, it's not, so there isn't a, an instant at which you would say we've hit the sun. The sun just isn't, stars aren't built like that. It's not, anyway. it makes me think of, um, classic star trek episodes especially in the third season where there there was always we've got to get these these this medicine to you know planet uh, whatever uh because there's a there's a plague that's about to break out you know the plague is going to break out in three hours and 11 minutes like <laughs> plagues don't work like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> it's, it's 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 applying a very uh binary time frame to something that's very analog you know <laughs> exactly exactly it's like, well it would be nice if we knew that uh yeah a famine was going to begin in six hours yeah, <laughs> and we've got to Unless grow we, these crops in six right, hours, or we're going to hours, have a famine. Get them going. Yeah, <laughs> but for story purposes, we buy it that we're going to pretend like that's a real ticking bomb. But yeah, no. So you know, even that. Well, I found. Well, I did two things. Uh, I found it, it interesting that he mentions a stasis chamber and i know that that's just something that's just part of sci-fi you know stasis chambers you put people in stasis chambers all the time i get that that being said i found it interesting that in his first episode he mentioned a stasis chamber and in the finale of series 11 we use a stasis chamber i just found that interesting that he used that again i was going to say good old sci-fi there you go <laughs> bingo one thing I did notice or, or that I did do was, again, I played very close or paid very close attention to the music. And I purposely went back and watched about 10 minutes of one of the Series 11 episodes. And I noticed, and Lee, this is something that you mentioned, the difference of the music. It's a lot more muted in series 11 because i was listening to a very high action scene and i could hear the music but it was not swelling and grandiose as some of the music was in this episode specifically like when the doctor is climbing out to use you know pull the lever and you hear the i think it's all the great creatures playing is the name of the song you know is what's being played in the background and I was like, okay, grandiose and then more subdued, just different. Yeah, very, very true. I was thinking the same thing watching this episode. 
Yeah, I won't talk about the music specifically, but I will. I do want to mention the sound design in one particular scene, and that's the scene when Martha uh, is in the escape pod and she's uh, hurling toward the what we come to know as his son entity. And I think they do something real cool by having no sound. Yes, which, you know if you if you watch Firefly, the one of the huge things is oh they don't they don't play you know any rocket noise or anything when they take when they um, start their engines and things yeah. like that. So I I thought they had a really good moment of using silence and the Doctor and Martha both reaching out to each other, but we're in the vacuum of space and we just see their expressions, but we don't hear them. I thought that was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that image too. Yeah. Talking about Martha, you know, <laughs> uh, Clarence, you went and said this is where she becomes the companion. I say as an actor, she pulled off, in my opinion, the fear, the anxiety, the my brain is exploding. I think I'm going to die. She did that brilliantly in these total soundless scenes that that we're seeing, you could see that she was terrified. Yes. Yes. I, t- I totally agree on that. Yeah. yeah. She's just terrific. I want to talk a little bit about the Beatles and Elvis and Francine specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys <laughs> think of this whole Beatles versus Elvis and calling Francine? Um, well, let me talk about a little bit about the questions to each of these <laughs> gates first. Please. That, that was the thing that I thought would make me utterly hate this episode. <laughs> I mean, the questions that were sometimes stupid, sometimes very of our modern day. I can see why they did it. But to me, it threw me out of the episode. Um, it just felt weird. That you'd have this sophisticated spaceship hurling through space and to unlock these certain doors in certain situations instead of having pass keys or thumbprint analysis to get through certain doors. Oh, let's have a series of questions that each of the crew has to know uh, in order to and all of us have to be alive at a certain point to make it through these gates. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it just took me completely out of it. And. It, luckily, by the end of the episode, it's not really the focal point as much. And I was able to get invested in the other things that were going on. But if that had continued, I think I would have hated this episode. Mm. I'm so glad you brought it up, because I, if you didn't, I was if you didn't say it, I was going to. When, when I think about this episode, I think that's the one with the trivia question passwords, <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't want to go back and watch it because I hated that so and and I and I had forgotten that the in story explanation is we were all drunk when we did yes. it. Yes. Oh, that's yes. what it was. I didn't care. Yes. yes. And I was and I was just talking about you know um, kind of rookie mistakes or or you know beginning screenwriting things. We did it because we were drunk. Is one if that came to me in a script submitted by one of my students, I would say that is a cop out. Come up with a different reason, <laughs> you know. So I can't believe that that I would be saying that to Chris Chibnall, who is anyway. <laughs> yes, but yeah. but but, but, but I, I bet you anything he regrets that now himself. Okay, just look at the logic here. Who is going nine times out of ten? You, if you, these people were drunk, number one, yeah. and they come up with these stories. 
who had the memory of while they were drunk writing down uh, the answers? Yeah. And are you a even sure that those are the right answers that somebody who was drunk wrote down? And now not all the crew are the same people. So how did you guess all the right answers? That makes yeah. no sense. And you get one shot at it. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Oh. No, yeah. you, you'd, you'd sneer at that if it was in a video game design, wouldn't you? You'd say, wait a minute. Definitely. That, <laughs> Definitely. There, you get one shot at this and it's a trivia question every time. And how many doors are there? 28. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Th- there's a Star Trek Discovery book called Desperate Hours where Spock and Michael Burnham are put in a similar series of tests to get across a spaceship. But the difference in those being they have to work together somehow you know, some kind of clever trick to get through. But if the answer to go through the next gate is green or yeah. <laughs> or some uh, very yeah. 2000s reference to get through the, the door, it, you know, of course, they were drunk when they made these questions up. But really <laughs> weird. I, I, I like the prime number one. I thought that was great. But other than that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and good. as a fan of the classic series, I have to say that this is only partially as awful as the idea that the Time Lords had a similar thing that was required to get into the uh, the tomb of Rassilon. You'll remember in uh, the Five Doctors that you also had to solve puzzles like that to get through. And I thought that's a that's a stupid idea in Five Doctors too. So, but what's not anyway. stupid is if you want yeah. to hear our review of the Five Doctor Doctor. Excuse me. You can go to episode number 75 and you will hear the three of us reviewing the five doctors. How did you do that? That's that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Very impressive. Yeah. By the way, we keep talking about Freema and I just looked it up again because I can never remember. Adjaman. Adjaman. Freema uh, Adjaman. Yes. Uh, I, every time I see her name, I think, wait a minute. How do you say it again? <laughs> Martha Jones. Yeah. You say Martha Jones. Yeah, yeah, no, it's if we're talking about the actress, that is a soft G or think of it as DZ, Edgeman. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, got you. You know, I'm not going to remember that. Just FYI. <laughs> Every time you say Edgeman, I'm going to say Edgeman. Okay, good deal. Correct me. And maybe eventually by the time, you know, Amy Pine gets on there, I'll finally get it right. <laughs> yeah. Why can't everybody be named Catherine Tate? I can say Catherine Tate. <laughs> yeah. Until Piper. <laughs> and tell Kyle to put down his camera numerous times, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, but speaking to your, your, your point about uh, Martha's mother, man, that, that broke my heart, kind of. It really broke my heart that she would be yeah. working with, um, oh, oh man. Saxon, yeah, the Saxon yeah. administration. Yeah. That, mm. I don't really think she was working for them. Mm. Definitely with them. Mm, yeah, but, no? but there was that sense of having a gun to her head there. We, we, we do, we weren't, we, we don't yet know what the whole circumstances are. So it has a tragic dimension no matter what. It's, it's like, well, this yeah. is terrible. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And I'd forgotten about that completely. So Me that too. was, yeah, I was. So, so I wonder, did their, um, I guess their call tracers go bonkers when they found out she's not even in this time or on this planet? <laughs> no. Talk about tracing a call, you know? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we don't, the signal isn't coming from anywhere. <laughs> yeah. How's yeah. that working? 
So it it was almost like these people, and that obviously is who that person was that we saw in the last episode that came up and was whispering it's in this same group of people because I found that so interesting. And this is sort of like, you know, did they they were tampering in their election here because this was obviously election day for prime minister. And you see that they're working for Mr. Saxon. So, oh, I wonder if he becomes prime minister. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's obvious. I kind of saw it as mom was worried about her daughter. Somebody says something about the doctor to mom. Mom gets really worried about her daughter being with the doctor. And so she's turning to these people because she's worried about her daughter. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that would I, I, you would almost have to assume that was the the bait they used to to draw her in if that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it'd be so easy to imagine that being what happened. So, what do you guys think was going through Francine's mind? And Clarence, I'll point this back to you. When she heard the scream in the background, oh. and she's on the phone with Martha, and she hears somebody scream, and Martha basically says, "Okay, I've got to go." Bye. What what were you thinking at that point? Well, look, in last episode, she got to meet the doctor and she already figured something was different about him. And um, the last episode, we're put in this very dangerous situation. And lo and behold, the next time she speaks with her daughter, she hears screams in the background. In addition to this guy whispering in her ear about how bad the doctor may be. So there is a certain motherly um attention that she's paying to Martha right now. She she's doing what a what a mother would would do in this situation, being very concerned. And I can't blame her one bit really. Now, is she being steered maybe in a weird direction with the Saxons at play behind her? Probably so, but it is very much a motherly love that's driving what she's doing. Mm. What do you think? Probably. Lee? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pretend like I don't know where this is going. And yeah, I, I <laughs> and give I her don't. benefit. Of, okay, and, and I, I give her benefit of the doubt. But yeah, all of us who are parents, we just we just can't imagine the. Or I say we, I should say we can imagine, the 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 freezing of the blood that happens when you hear your child on the phone and there's somebody screams in the background and then you know dial tone. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. It's just. Yeah. It kind of makes your blood either boil or freeze either way, (laughs) because in a way that happened in this particular episode. So I want to talk really briefly about the characters themselves, these people who were on the spaceship. When did you guys figure out or feel like maybe I should say that they had done something that they should not have done. Was that pretty obvious from the beginning or not? Leave. I'll let you go first. What do you think? No, I, in fact, that's one of the things I admired about this script, watching it again, is that it really seemed like, you know, the, their, their engines had broken down and they're falling into the sun, you know, that, that could happen to anybody. Uh, and, and that's a lovely, it's a, it's a nice bit of misdirection because that's enough problem, right? Surely <laughs> that's a big enough problem. But then as we get deeper in the story, we find out that's not all. That's not all. And, uh, if we're fans of broad church, we'd say, well, that's, that's typical Chris Chibnall, isn't it? <laughs> so, hmm. so yeah, I really like that. What did you think, Clarence? Did you agree? What do you think? Um, 
You know, I I never remember these episodes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, you could tell because the because of the doctor's persistence in questioning, something was going on, uh, and, and and then again with I forget her husband's name, but but uh, some of the things he said uh, later on in the episode, you knew that something was wrong. But man, man, and who's gonna scan the sun first to see if it's sentient? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. That's right. We've probably never done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we think of the actress who was, I suppose she was their nurse or their doctor or mm-hmm. their caregiver or whatever you want to label title we want to give this person? What did we think of her? She wasn't in it very long, brief. No. She was the first one killed <laughs> and... I don't know really well. much about her. Um, I think her name maybe was Vivette Robinson. Probably won't ever see yeah. her in Doctor Who again. But. Probably not. No. You so. know what? It, it's it's kind of sad because she, she she dies first, which supports the stereotype that you hear about these type of shows, <laughs> these horror movies. That's then right. She turns, then she turns around and plays Rosa. So hey, good for her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we redeemed Vinette Robinson. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny. It wasn't until after she had uh, been on the show as Rosa Parks that I looked her up and realized that I had been enjoying her work also on the BBC Sherlock. Oh. Um, wow. So, uh, playing a, again, a vastly different character than, than either of these women. So she's, um, she's one of those protean performers that, uh, that I admire. She can do all kinds of things, but yeah, here she is as a mad killer bait, uh, <laughs> like in uh, any, any other <laughs> horror movie to, to turn and look at the camera and go, you stop, stay back. <laughs> and it goes once again, Lee, into what you said, this sounded like, the traditional trope of this is a horror movie stuck on a stuck on a ship can't get off and there's a bad guy yeah you know and, and it struck me this time and, and i'm sure i thought this when i saw the episode originally the first time that uh, of all the lame monsters uh, ever i mean it's interesting that this is the sun that's doing this but um gee whiz it's uh, what we see is a guy with a helmet on uh ooh that's scary. Mm. Yeah, that you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't. That doesn't feel like Doctor Who to me. He should at least have scales or, or tentacles or something. <laughs> so, so, so it's almost like uh, Chibnall was given the challenge of trying to write the cheapest episode possible because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go to a, a factory somewhere. And we're gonna pretend like that's the interior of a spaceship. Okay, that's not the last time we'll do that. And then, um, yeah, and then your monster is gonna be. Uh, Members of the cast with a helmet on. Okay, go. Hmm. Hmm. I don't. I think I enjoyed that. Mm. I don't know why. That's um, valid. That's valid. Yeah. Well, I, I think I may enjoy the idea, maybe less of them walking around with these helmets on, but more of the idea of them being consumed by an entity. And it wasn't like a devilish entity. I right. guess it came out that way in, in some parts, but it was an, in, an entity vying for his life. And uh-huh. for some reason, I really enjoyed that. And m- maybe the thing that put it over the top for me was the fact that it almost consumed the doctor as well. Yes. And, and that provided a bit of a, a bit of, I guess, range for David Tennant to kind of play this struggling, struggling with this entity not to turn bad. And that was scary. Get yes. away from me, Martha. I, I loved every second of that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know what I loved most about what you just said about that saying, Clarence, is I loved the fact that we saw something that we rarely, and I do mean rarely, ever see the doctor afraid. We never see that. And it's Dr. Jones who had to, who was there with a good bedside manner to, to help yes. him get through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And also the doctor starts to mention the uh, regeneration process because in that moment, I think the doctor assumed slash thought that he was about to die and hence be regenerated. I'd forgotten about that too. And I, I, I thought that moment was lovely. I, I, I thought it's almost a throwaway line, but I thought, yeah, this is how he takes care of his companions. And he hasn't told her about that part yet. So he'd better tell it fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, time was ticking. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have to ask you guys, has there ever been a story where the doctor in one, I may, I may have seen one is just slipping my mind, but has there been a story where the doctor actually does go bad? Hmm. Like completely bad, as in yeah, like for an episode or two, he's just like the bad guy, you know. The doctor, mm. yeah. Ooh, well, as usual, I hope Dave is listening. Yes, um, yeah, because I really can't. Somebody will say an episode name, and we'll go. Oh well, of course, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, but but it's it's not coming to mind right now. No? I don't know for a complete episode. I mean, of course, we have you know right after regeneration. We have the sixth doctor literally choke, uh, Perry. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but that was in the yeah. byproduct of regeneration and, you know, kind of still being, you know, not baked yet, so to speak. Yeah. I know that's not what we want from the, the doctor, but I think that could be an interesting story where maybe the doctor goes bad and, you know, Missy or the master has to be the one to mm-hmm. to set things straight. That could be could interesting. Be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yep, I would agree. Or better yet, a storyline where the you know we see the uh, master attempt at uh, have an attempt at rehabilitation. I would like be all for that. Hmm. Well, just you wait. You know, maybe <laughs> ten, you know about. What if we were in series three about oh seven mm. more six or seven, seven more series. Okay. Hang in there. Hang in Sorry, there. Might happen. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh Bill. Oh yeah. Genesis of the Cybermen. Who knows? But what we do know is we had this sun creature that we've referenced. Sentient suns, really? What do we think? <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? It's a big universe and full of possibilities. Um I, I I think when I was talking about um, the the monster being members of the crew with a helmet on, it struck me that I think the reason why that bugs me is that it's so much like uh, the Satan Pit, um, yes. where people were behaving crazy because they were being uh, inhabited by the off-screen monster. And yeah. now in this, it's the same. So it's just doing that thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Minus the religion slash mm-hmm. satanic. But now I will right. say this one thing about the helmet that did every time they did it capture my attention. It was like, is, is this guy a fan of the X-Men or what? Because this was so Cyclops <laughs> and the visor. Uh, yeah. 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 Couldn't, you can't help thinking about Cyclops. Too, yes. Right? Yeah. This, this, this episode very much, uh, hit a lot of the same tones that Satan Pitt hit. You know, we lose the TARDIS. Oh, mm-hmm. we got this 
entity right. consuming people. Yep. Uh, Separate to the doctor and his companion. Yep. yep. Reminded me so much of that episode. So why do we think that this episode that has so many tropes, do we think they just needed another episode and so Chibnall was hired to basically fill in the blanks? Yeah, in a way, yeah. Um, And, you know, that's not unusual, and there's I'd say there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Um, Okay. I I just – I'm sitting here while we're talking – trying to decide what my rating number it will be. And it has fluctuated with between two, three, I mean, you know, two or three, four, five, six, eight, ten different yeah. numbers, you know, trying to go <laughs> through, you know, see what, you know, what my idea is going to be. And it's gone up and down as we've continued to talk. So um, yeah. just curious about that. I want to get into the actual resolution where they have expunged the fuel and give back the heart as that, as it was called. Was that believable? What do you guys think? Yeah, it's about a, about as believable as harvesting fuel from the sun entity would be. So <laughs> in, in the first place, yeah. Yeah. About it. Um, I didn't understand why they didn't just die anyway, you know? I mean, a star, alive or not, uh, is a massive gravity well. Mm-hmm. If they're falling toward it and you dump a lot of energy out of it into the sun, the sun may say burp or thank you, <laughs> but you're still going into the sun. I just, yeah. I, so I, I don't know. I, we all know as fans of sci-fi and fantasy that sometimes it just doesn't pay to think about physics too much while watching these shows, but. Yeah, <laughs> they they turned on their jets after they had just jettisoned all their fuel. So I'm not sure exactly what's what's powering them. And then they have enough power to get away from the, the sun. sun. Yeah. yeah, I don't uh, huh? I mean, help. I don't know. Yeah. Also, if you think about the escape pod where Martha and um, Riley yes. were almost all the way at the uh-huh. entity. But when you turn on the magnets, yeah, it pulls them back to the yes. ship that has no um, rocket power. Right. Uh, or fuel, and 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 somehow that works. Yes, I want one of those magnets. Yes, <laughs> not even a very big magnet at that. No, but, no, but it's a, well. It's two two other things about radiation I, I will mention are <laughs> are the sun. We get to five percent. So if we're at five percent shielding, and we look like let's let's be liberal. Let's say it's ten thousand miles, which in right. space terms is not very you know far. But still, you're ten thousand miles from this sun creature. Yes, and you've got five percent shielding. Yes. Why aren't you're they dead. as barbecued as a chicken? Right. They will certainly be dead if not. Uh if not fried in their own juice. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And my second thing about radiation is, speaking of regeneration, why hadn't he started regenerating from all the radiation poisoning that he uh, has received from from this creature when we've seen him regenerate for less radiation poisoning? Mm, That's true. So, So, yeah. uh, 
We'll take it up with, with Chris Chibnall. So. We'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Chibnall, if you're listening, we have 42 things we want to talk about. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, can't, I can't resist pointing out here that uh, thanks to um, the David Tennant's uh, podcast where he interviewed uns- uh, Olivia Coleman. Uh, pardon me, Oscar-winning Olivia Coleman. Um, that she she mentioned that the first time she ever saw his name in print, it was actually misspelled. So in her mind, he's always Chris Chinball. <laughs> yes, so, that's hilarious. <laughs> so and and now now having seen that in my mind, I can't unsee it. So I keep thinking of it as Chris Chinball. But anyway. <laughs> so guys, I'm curious: are there any notes that you have? of anything that we have not covered in this episode. I just want to make sure we, we shouted out to Vanette Robinson and we did it. And, uh, and to mention that yes, in the UK, Elvis sold more top singles than the Beatles, but worldwide it's the Beatles. Mm. So was that pre download? Yes. Ah, Okay. I did like the pre-download bit though. I did too. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, it's funny that they went so far as to clarify that, but we still gave them the UK answer, which sort of assumes that everything in the Doctor Who universe is British, which of course it is. So it's not really, it doesn't work, but (laughs) I just thought that was a funny trivia point anyway. Clarence, did you have any other things that you had on your list that we have not covered? Uh, I'll just add that I like the relationship that Martha and Riley were able able to form uh, in this episode, uh, having that moment of running from the entity and eventually winding up in the escape pod and yeah. and this danger that they you know they might die and Martha calling her mother and and you know just wanting to have these last moments and to me that that's this may be the first time that I can remember. Where Martha kind of to herself may to herself may realize that you know it's really dangerous to travel with the doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She she almost died. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> you're right, and I had forgotten about uh, about that kiss at the end too. If 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 I were him, that kiss would have held me for a long time. That oh was, yeah. That was. <laughs> oh yeah. That was nice. <laughs> Lucky guy. Lucky guy. <laughs> And, you know, that was actually one of the things that I had left to say was, you know, Martha said, you don't know the doctor. I believe in him. And his response was, then you're lucky. I've never found anyone worth believing in. And then we get to the end of the episode and he acts, you know, she mentions what he says again. And he says, well, I think I did. And that was cool. I like that. Very nice. So let's give our final rating. And you know what? I'm going to start it off for a change and I'm going to give this a three. I, I <laughs> liked how it progressed the story as in, you know, we see Martha grow as a character. We see Martha become a companion, fully become a companion, so to speak. And you know, we see things that will play out in the rest of the series painted and put into and started in this episode. And for that, I'm going to give it a three. So, Clarence, what about you? What What's your rating? Oh, man, not to be cheesy or corny, but I think I'm going to give this a 4.2. Wow. Uh, <laughs> bum, bum, you got bum. to it before I could. I wanted to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really, I enjoyed this episode. I'm, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just Martha 
getting a little more limelight in this episode and maybe being off on our own to get some things done. You know, whereas in the last episode, it was just the last little bit when they were up in the tower that she was kind of on her own. She she was by herself most of this episode and having to take care of the doctor as well. And, you know, the enemy was different and weird, but I do like how David Tennant had that moment to kind of, you know, be consumed by it and tell Martha to get away from me and <laughs> I might kill you. So I had fun with this episode. It it started off slow, but by the end, I was cheering. So I, I loved it. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right, Lee, what about you? Well, I also wanted to be cute and, and give it a 4.2. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Clarence beat me to it. The uh, But it's funny that once I started thinking about that, I thought, is that is that really the number that I want to go with? And I, I think it is. Um, I've thought of this as one of those episodes that I just can't stand. But going back and seeing it again, yeah, I just have to ditto everything Clarence said. It really is a story about Martha. And it, for looked at it from that point of view, it's a really, really strong story for her. And the doctor gets some extraordinary things to do. So uh, my my the thing that keeps it from being a five for me is all of the things that we were just laughing about that I, you know, you, there's no such thing as 42 minutes until you hit the sun. There's just, <laughs> you know, you know, so anyway. <laughs> what you about know, you? Mr. Jones. Well, well, I gave it a three, but oh, that's right. But let me explain something real quick. And Lee, it's your our... it's your fault that I did not also fall trap to the four point two trap. And the mm. reason for that was when you kept mentioning how this was so much your cookie cutter episode, meaning. Mm. You had the doctor and, and Martha in a situation that in many ways did not have an, a lot of originality to it. We've made, made reference to the Satan pit. We've made reference to, you know, this is something that's a classic, you know, stuck out on a spaceship. It's because of that lack of originality, that's why I took it down from a 4.2 to a 3, because I just thought that you know, you didn't give me anything really original. You just took a, a template. Yeah. So did the things. Did the yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and that's what's so hard for, you know, the Doctor Who fan has been around for a long time because the template has been done so many times. And we see with the current season where the tone is so different, it's kind of hard to relate it to what we've known before you know how many stories do we have from in the past <laughs> it's a, just an enormous amount of material so I, I don't know um yeah it probably is cookie cutter but you know there's good goodness to be had mm, good yeah. point good point mm -hmm. so guys tell me this if you wanted to tell others who may be listening where they can find you on the internet or on other things that you might be working on where might they find you? And Clarence, I will start with you. Where could they find you? I would say check out YouTube.com slash Discussing Network, where we are going to post more videos. We've been slacking a little bit, but we're going to keep up the videos over there on our YouTube channel. And as well, I want to give the call to action to anybody who have comments or thoughts about the episode we just reviewed or any episode in Doctor Who fandom. Please send in those to H-O-S-T-S at discussingnetwork.com. That's host at discussingnetwork.com. Cool. So, Ooh. Mr. Lee Shackelford, 
I just learned you? something new. It's it's hosts hosts at yeah. Maybe we yeah, need maybe, fans at. <laughs> we should, we didn't oh. think that one through. What, what we did? <laughs> it's, it's it is it's hard to say and. Yeah, well, you didn't call your radio drama serial relativity, which is one of the hardest words to Google in the entire universe. So anyway, um, but yeah, uh, check out uh, my radio drama serial, which has got uh, all of us guys on it at one time or another at radio. What is it called? Somebody told me recently that they've been listening to it and they really enjoy radioactivity. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, which no. I thought that's as good a name for it as anything, I guess. The address yeah. for the website is relativitypodcast.com. See, whoever that was, they were a time traveler and oh. they, I see, I've got it. They were a time traveler coming to the past and planting the seed for the next radio serial that you would mm. will be doing called the radioactivity, the radioactivity podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's but yeah, the, the, second, the, the second episode of uh, uh, the fourth series uh, went out today. So Woo-hoo. there you go. And it only gets better from there. It does. Well, anybody else that wants to find out something that we are all working on, you can go check out DiscussingNetwork.com. And as always, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. For anyone listening, thank you for listening. We appreciate your time. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?